nor as a tellers to come into his presence and give him praise because he's, he's been that kind of God. We do thank God for the assembly this morning. We thank God for the assembly this morning. Thank God for being a kind God. Get your Bibles this morning. I want to quickly look at the book of Revelation, chapter 19. We certainly, as always, welcome and thank those that are viewing online. Our focus of our ministry is going back to the house for Sunday morning, so it may look a little different as we reach out to our Facebook and YouTube. Amen. All-Star Week in Atlanta. People out there wilding out with no mask. Some of you come in the house of the Lord with a mask and, and wild out for Jesus. Amen. Prophet McNeil, good to see you in the house today. Praise God for you, woman of God. Amen. For the triumph, God bless you this morning. Book of Revelation, chapter 19. Verse 1 says, after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, a hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures all fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, amen and hallelujah this morning. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God. All you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent, he reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lord, of the Lamb. And I want to lift up verse 7 where it says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. You may be seated this morning. Many of you know we've been dealing with, with praise the Lord. We've been dealing, amen, with, 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 with family and marriage and I want to focus our discussion, I want to focus this morning um, on the spiritual family. And in this 
text this morning, in this discussion this morning, I definitely want to still highlight uh, nuggets as it relates to our, our natural families. So I dug this this morning based on what verse 7 says, being made ready for the wedding. One of the joys that I have as a pastor, and I certainly have seen that in this flock, and uh, those are starting to come back in, and uh, one of the greatest joys I've, I've experienced as a pastor has been to partner and experience uh, with different couples who have come to a point in their life uh, where they have wanted to merge their lives together on a certain path for the rest of their life in holy matrimony. It has been a great joy to, whether I was just participating as a witness, being official of the wedding, uh, to two, see two people come together and make a lifelong decision to live their life out in the earth, amen, to fulfill a greater purpose. It is a day like no other. So much goes into that wedding day. I remember my wedding day, that was 25, going on 26 years. It's a day that we recorded. I don't even need the video, video, and I wasn't even that sober when I went in that wedding, but I still remember because it was such a, a special day. It, it, it's a day that, that is so celebratory, uh, a day that is so iconic in the lives of two individuals that so much preparation goes into that wedding day. Uh, the bride may prepare this herself. She may prepare for the wedding months. Some people do it for years. Amen. Uh, for that wedding day. Uh, she will get a, a coordinator and she will prepare by, praise the Lord, finding a venue and uh, maybe find an official to officiate the, the wedding ceremony. Uh, she, will, she will prepare the, 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 the wedding party, sometimes for the bride and the groom. Uh, she'll prepare a, a guest list. Uh, so much goes on in that guest list, so much stress with that guest list. She puts people on, she takes people off. Amen. And, 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 and she finally comes to that day uh, that marks the beginning uh, of her life with her spouse. The man we prepare to, we don't, certainly don't put in as much time as the women, but, but the day is so reverential, so honorable that it deserves the preparation that someone puts in it. And we as a church today, the, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. That we're on the verge of celebrating, amen, that the mother of all weddings, a day where Christ himself will cons consummate the relationship that we have with him after 2,000 years since Christ has been gone, that we... We have been preparing, whether you know it or not, we have been preparing, amen, for that day when we were consummated with the marriage or the wedding feast with the Lamb. Before that day comes, this is what the Bible says, that before that day comes, before that day comes when Jesus Christ himself would come to earth and we will have, praise the Lord, we, there will be a, a, a feast. There will be a, a wedding ceremony, 
uh, that's greater than any wedding ceremony. The Bible says that what God would do, he would come, and first of all, he would judge the harlot. He would judge this world, amen, and the harlotry system of the world, the system that exists that has been designed to pull the bride of Christ, the, 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 the woman of Christ, the church, uh, to, to take our hearts away from our Christ and to have our affections on the world. And the Bible says that God will finally come and judge the world, the harlotry, the system of the world uh, that has taken good people and have, have, have caused good people to drift and has caused good people to stumble and to cause good people to lose their heart and their affections for Christ. But the Bible says that those who remain in the church, those who are the bride of Christ, who remains through all the temptation, through all the struggle, through all the things that the harlotry system uses to pull us, to, to make us drift, to make us lose sight of God, to cause our heart to grow cold. I heard that song going this morning, Alpha and Omega, and, and my heart just connected with the song. Uh, and it's a connection that, that's in love that, that all of us share for, for our bridegroom Christ. It will be a day that all eternity and history will record. It's a day that will come and it's coming sooner than most people think as we're getting ready for our next stage of life, which is called the season of eternity. Everything that we've known that existed on this particular side, the reason we're seeing and experiencing so many different things on this side is because this age, this hour, this side, which is called time, is ending and we're entering into a new dispensation, a new time, a new, a, a, a new place for all eternity, and we will have to go to this wedding ceremony. It's, great, it's greater than the inauguration this day. It's greater than, than, than the first prom, the the Sweet 16 party, amen, the, the Honorable Finally Turned 50 party, amen. It, it will be a, a party of all parties. So, so, so this is a day that, that we can't afford to get wrong. If, if you, 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 can, you, can, you can miss your, your bus and, and recoup from that. You, 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 you can literally miss your, your uh, we had three, four people in here in the dentist. Anybody that's been in the dentist this week? We had about three, four, amen, in the dentist this week. And, and, and you can miss your dental apartment and still be okay. Uh, but, but you want to make this wedding feast. You, you want to make sure uh, that your preparation is not in vain. Because to get to that place, it takes preparation. It, it, it's not like sometimes we do certain things, we just show up. And we just think things are going to automatically fall in place with no preparation. There's a place and spirit of preparation that must go forth to be at this wedding ceremony. So I want to talk about the preparation this morning. It can't just be any preparation. It, it, it has to be the right preparation. It, it, it just can't, can't, can't be willy-nilly. I'm just going to find my way casually into this, this, this great ceremony, this great wedding ceremony with the lamb, with our, our groom, Jesus, we're the bride. But there must be preparation. First of all, that preparation, there must be salvation. 
In preparation, there must be salvation. In preparation, there must be salvation. You, we cannot ex ex spend the eternity, the remainder of years and all eternity with somebody we don't have a relationship with. You, you cannot spend your life in eternity married to somebody that you are not in a relationship with. It takes salvation. It comes to a place that there must be a covenant relationship that exists with Christ through salvation if we're going to be married to him. If we're going to spend the rest of eternity with him, it will not happen outside of salvation. It's just not good enough to know him. It's just not good enough because he smiled on my mom, my dad. It does not matter. Tenure in the church, none of those things matter. What matters today, there must be a born-again experience where somebody repent of their life, of sin they have done, amen, to live their life outside of Christ and to come and say, God, I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. And, and we're then saved. Now we have then been brought into the family of God. It's not enough to know him. This is, this, this is, this is not the, the time now as we see things unfolding, amen, to, to speculate if we have this right. You need to know that you 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 have a born-again experience relationship with Jesus Christ. And it takes no work on your own. You don't have to work at this. You don't have to have a dollar in your bank account for this. You, you, you don't have anything. The Bible says that Christ has already done it for us. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8 that for by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace, it's not by your righteous acts. It's not based on how morally astute you are today. It, it has nothing to do with if you still curse, smoke, or whatever you used to do or still do and hide it or whatever the situation it is. He says it's by his grace. It's by his unmerited favor. Is that even when we don't deserve to be saved, Christ says, I extend the, the olive branch of love to you to save your life, amen, unto myself. So it's for by grace you have been saved. It's through faith, and this is what the Bible says, that it's not of yourselves. There's nothing you can do to brag about being saved. Amen. Be, be, because the same grace that brings us in is the same grace that keeps us even when we fall short of the glory sometime. It's by, amen, grace through faith. And he says it's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is the greatest gift of God to be saved, to when this life ends, that our best life is yet before us. That regardless of how hard this life is, regardless of, of, of how much rejection, denial, loneliness, betrayal that we experience on this side, it, it, regardless of injustice and disparity on this side, there is a better life to come. So it's through salvation we prepare. We just don't believe that we're going to be, we, we have to be saved. 
Now, 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 I know this is boring for some of us because cause we, we, we're looking for something different now. But, but the Bible says that, that through salvation, there's also better things that accompany salvation. I have not experienced the life I've experienced since I've been saved. I don't know about you today, but, 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 but God is able and he's worthy today. So preparation starts with salvation this morning. And then in preparation, there also must be sanctification. Now, this is what he says. He says the, the bridegroom or the bride in verse 7, that she has to make herself ready. See, in salvation, you didn't have to do anything. But sanctification, the, the road, amen, to be holy, the, the road to, to look like Christ, the road, amen, to, to, for, for some of the junk and the mess that was on our life to be delivered from that situation, we've got to put something into it. The Bible says she had to make herself ready. I, I don't know a, a bride who, who got married who didn't spend a lot of time making herself ready. I've been in weddings that started an hour late because the bride was still making herself ready. Amen. You have to make yourself ready. Amen. It must be better, more work, amen, in getting yourself ready to meet Jesus at the lamb wedding than you do in your natural wedding down here on earth. And to make herself ready, we're going to be so ready that we're going to look like Christ. When, when we meet him at this ceremony, we, it, it would just be like, like Christ would look at us like he's seeing, the Bible says, himself in a mirror. Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he, listen, he which has begun a good work in you, at, at the time that you became saved, Christ started doing a work in your life. At the time that, that, that you gave your life to Jesus and, and came into a relationship, a covenant relationship, God, through the, through the Holy Spirit in our lives, started to do not just a work, but the Bible says it's a good work. And the Bible says he will not depart his work, that he will perform it until the day when Jesus Christ comes. He's doing a work through the Holy Spirit to make us holy. He's not trying to make us happy. He's not trying to make us comfortable in the place that we're going to eventually leave. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 that this world passes away. It will be foolish for God to make us comfortable on this side when we got another home, amen, that we're about to go to. So the Holy Spirit comes to make us heavenly ready. He's not making us earthly ready. He's making us heavenly ready. You can't take the same tongue you have to heaven. You, you can't take the same mindset that you have to heaven. You can't take the same attitude, the same behavior, the same amen things from here to heaven. So the Holy Spirit is walking it out of us. So he says he's walking this thing out. The Holy Spirit, you ain't got to tell him what to do. He knows what to do. He knows what our hiccups are. He knows what our downfalls are. He knows what our weaknesses are. And Jesus says that I'm going to complete it until the day that Jesus Christ comes. Our job is remaining steadfast. Our job is remaining steadfast, unmovable. Amen. Regardless of what we go through, pandemic, persecution, 
suffering in this time. Know that God is in control. Know that God is still doing the work in the pandemic and the work that he's doing is more than trying to destroy you in the pandemic. He's trying to make you wedding ready. <laughs> so we don't lose hope like the world that goes through this thing that just going through just to go through. God is doing a work in our life to get us ready for that wedding. Then Philippians 2.12 says this, work out your own salvation. See, the pastor can't make you ready. See, see here it is. Because I done seen good, good families take their children out of church because they said the church didn't, didn't help their child. It ain't the church's job to help your child like that. It ain't the church. It's the church's job to put structure around what you already doing at home with your child. But at the end of the day, your child's got to make up their mind they want to do, right? The parents got to make up their mind they want to do, right? And the church partners with you to get your child right. But it's not our job to make you right or your child right. Our job is to give you what you need to be right. And as you partner with us, then everything will be all right. <laughs> you, you didn't take them out of school when they flunked, did you? Amen. You, you didn't take them out of, come on, you didn't take them out the Boy Scouts when they got, amen, messed around by, amen, mentors. Come on, church. Don't do it to the church. It's not the pastor's job to make you ready. It's not the first lady job. It's not the deacon's elder's job. You've got to make your own self ready. The Bible says work out your own salvation. you got to work it out sometimes. I, I say there's honor in the grind and, and don't pull up on God. When things get hard, you stay in the fight and let God do what he wants to do. When times get hard sometimes, you stay in the fight sometimes. When the, your mind tells you to give up because it ain't working, I'm telling you, Paul says, be confident there's one thing. He is still walking in you today. And every time you come out of a storm, amen, more of you Amen. Have been depleted because God's work in you. Amen. Is doing a greater work. You got to make, make yourself ready. You got to, you got to make yourself. And I, I say this, hear this with, with good heart today. I'm, I'm seeing people indict pastors too much right now. Pastors hurt just like you. Pastors going through the pandemic just like you. If you've been in the church at least three years, you ought to know what you ought to be doing right now. Sometimes you need to make sure the pastor can lean on you and not keep leaning. Amen. Come on, church. Because we have been in this thing long enough. We have what it takes to make ourselves ready, but also, amen, to encourage and build up other people who's also in the faith of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.12 say, work your own, work out your own salvation. That word means, salvation means deliverance. Work out your own deliverance. You keep grinding this thing on. Stop, stop, stop pity-patting God. Stop, stop coming in and, and going out and having a greater need and then come in again and, and thank God that Jesus, just stay in here sometime. 
amen, and, and make up your mind, amen. It's just like a marriage. You can stay married as long as you want to make, stay married in, to your wife or husband. If you make up your mind day one, I'm going to stay in this thing hell or high water. I don't care who does what in the marriage. I'm in this thing stuck to the end, amen. That's how you got to make up your mind with Jesus Christ. I'm making up my mind. I'm not going to leave him. I'm not going to depart him. I'm not going to forsake him. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to abide in him and not just be entangled with him, but I'm going to abide in Jesus Christ. Pandemic ain't going to move me. Amen. Death ain't going to move me. Sickness ain't going to move me. Amen. Disease is not going to move me. Infirmity of my limbs are not going to move me. Children that can't behave is not going to move me. Amen. Bad folk in the church is not going to move me. I'm going to make up my mind. Hell or high water. I'm going to be in here serving God until the end of the age. You have, to, you have to do this yourself. It's a selfish act to always want somebody to make you ready. You have to make yourself ready. You, you have to get to a place now. Don't, don't look for people to, to just get you ready. We, we can take, take a part in that. But, but you've got to make up your mind. I'm gonna, you know what? It can't nobody want to be delivered from drugs unless they make up their mind. They ain't going to do it no more. This stuff is killing my marriage, killing my family, making me sick. Amen. Putting 40 more years on me that I really ain't got. Amen. When you make up your mind that you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll leave drugs alone. It don't take no seven-step program. Come on, church. It, it, it don't take a letter, amen, from some organization. You will just leave it with the help of the Holy Spirit. You got to make yourself ready. Because this is what he says. He says, he says here in verse 9 of verse 8, he says the linen or the, the, the clothes you're going to wear is not going to be Ellen Tracy. It, 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 it ain't going to be from your local boutique. You, you don't have to worry about what you're going to wear to this ready. He says your fine linen is going to be your righteous acts. The righteous acts of love. The, the righteous acts of doing good to others as you want others to do to you. The righteous acts of forgiving people. The righteous acts of serving God in this present age. A calling to fulfill. These are the garments. These are the garments. Come on, church, that we're going to wear on that day. So we, we've got to prepare. There must be. There must be preparation. There must be salvation. There must be sanctification. When you come in this thing, you don't look like God. But God will take you down a road to make you start to look like him. He's, trying to make, he's not trying to make you look like entertainers. And, and, and you've got to go and, and, and buy different surgeries to look like different folk. You ain't got to spend no money on this. Christ is going to do this. He's going to do it through the help of the Holy Spirit. And every day you go through, you're going to look more like Christ. When you go through this, you're going to look more like Christ. When you come out of the pandemic, I hope you come out of the pandemic, you're going to look more like Jesus Christ. When you come out of him, you're not going to curse a lot. Amen. You're not going to smoke, drink, cheat. Amen. Do none of those things because he's been working in me so so you've got to have a preparation 
That day is fastly approaching us. Salvation, sanctification, stay in the race. But then you've got to have a good perspective. Let me say this. You've got to have the right perspective. You've got to have the right perspective. Being made ready is just not about now. It's about living an endless life in eternity. I don't know what, what, what you think. The Bible says one day with the Lord is, is, is one day to the Lord is a thousand years. When God classifies, we've been in a pandemic uh, about a year now. God says on my eternal calendar, that's a millisecond. Come on, church, because eternity is, is, is so large. This is the thing. Most people live their life here for now and not for eternity. When they're living here for a second, but we live in, amen, in eternity, the remainder of time, time that will never end. God, when you come into this thing, the perspective is I'm going to eternity. And the things that I've got to do now, do, do now, is, 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 is making me, amen, to experience a certain type of life in eternity. To have an eternal mindset is to have a kingdom mindset. To have an eternal mindset. Most people live for right now, but they don't live for eternity. If, 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 the, if life ends, and we lost so many good people last year and even coming into this year, if life ends now, do you know there's an entire eternity that you've got to live that will never end? There's an entire eternity. It, it'll never end. Wherever we, wherever, wherever state we live in, wherever we go, whatever our address is in eternity. And can I tell you this? It's not like having an address on earth where it's a lot of, it's only two addresses. There's eternal lake of fire. That's why they call it eternal because of the fact there's unfortunately some people going to miss the mark because they didn't have the right perspective, was not prepared for that particular day, and they did not make it to the right address, which is the eternal place of glory, which is heaven with Jesus Christ. You can't live your life for the day because the day can end tonight. For 2,000 years since Christ gave his life at the cross and ascended back to heaven, we have been in preparation, amen, mode ever since. We have been preparing to be ready, not for this world, but we've been preparing to be ready for the next world. That ain't going to hit some of you all until you get to, to that place when you get old enough and you, you know you can't do certain things and you know you got to cross over. It ain't going to hit you now because you got a little shake in you. you. You got a little grind still in you. you, you, you but but, but, but at, at some particular time, it's going to hit you that I've got to leave this life. Is there something greater on the other side? I mean, you don't need to be like, amen, what was his name, Sam Cook, who says he feared going because he didn't know what was, I know what's up there. And it's called eternal, amen, heaven, amen, and, and I've got to go there. The blessing and experience of marriage is not just about the ceremony. For 2 Corinthians 4.17 says this, for our light affliction. For our light affliction, it's only for a moment. That moment means time on earth. Job said, uh, 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 man, man that's born of a woman, it's just a few days. It's just a few moments. But those few moments is, 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 is full of struggle. It's full of hardship. Amen. Man is born of a woman a few days, but it's hardship in these days. 
This earth is not made, amen, to be a journey, amen, of, of just good. You're going to struggle sometime. You're going to cry sometime. You're going you're to go through some things sometime. And, and, but understand, it's, it's a light affliction, he says. And it's but for a moment. And he says the moment that you're enduring it, he says it's working for you. It's working for you and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. And all I'm trying to tell you that we've got to have a different perspective that we have on these natural weddings. I see folk will put two years on a wedding but then put one hour on, on living their life together after the wedding. You don't put all your time on the wedding itself. You put your time, you put your focus, you put your preparation, you put all of your heart in living a life past that particular time. One day here on earth is a thousand years to God. Solomon had everything, had, had concubines, had palaces, had prosperity, had so much administration that he was operating in, went all the way to Africa, Egypt, to all the continents of the world. Then Queen, 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 Queen Sheba heard about him, came to him and, 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 and looked at his administration of excellence and everything he had going on before there was irrigation systems back then. He built his own irrigation system back then. That could, amen, trump anything that we even got today. But Simon got to the end of his life and said, amen, I'm an old man now. I've looked down my life. He says, it was just a moment of time. He says, oops, I just slipped. He said, because it was all vanity he said it didn't mean anything when you think about I'm finna cross over and have to now face eternity and that all that Solomon had money and wisdom and prosperity and everything the Bible not mentions him one time in the New Testament as somebody to look at as an example because you can have everything in this life but it means you nothing when it comes to the eternity that we're going to live tomorrow It's just all vanity. And some days you got to ask yourself in this life, is the relationship I am in, is it vanity? Is, is what I'm doing that, 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 that's, that's a fatigue to me, that, that's causing me to worry and, 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 and causing me, amen, resources? Is it vanity or not? Is it leading me somewhere? That's the, that's the message in, in Luke chapter 12 that Jesus had to send, amen, as he was dealing with the disciples, and he used, amen, who he called his rich fool. And, and the Bible says in Luke 12, starting at verse 16, the Bible says, and he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man. He yielded, it yielded an abundant harvest. Yes, yes. It, it, it was greater than, than this 1.9 trillion relief package. Come on, church. It, it was a good ground. It was yielded abundant harvest. Verse 17 says, and he thought to himself, be careful of thinking to yourself. Be careful of making decisions that you don't have accountability on. Make very, come on church, make very wise decision that when you think to yourself and it's just you and yourself thinking, don't make that decision. Make sure you take it to counsel, especially Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Bible says he thought to himself, already been wrong, what shall I do? I have no place. This man is in a good place. I have no place to store. There's not a bank around that, that can house all of my accounts. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down these banks. 
I will build larger banks. I will tear down the boys and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And, and I'll say to myself, you, I, you know, this is a boastful person that, that, that got so much going on that, that they can't help but just stand back sometimes and say, look, look all I got going on. And, and that's what kind of man he was. He, he took pride in what he had instead of what he possessed in Christ. And it's going to fool you every time. He says, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take your life easy. Take life easy. Go and retire. Eat, drink, and be married. You, in other words, you have prepared your life greatly. You, 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 have, you have prepared your life so well. You've made great, amen, financial decisions. Amen. You, you've made good business decisions with your grain business. And, and, and because you prepared yourself so well, I, I, I want you to know that, 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 that you have prepared yourself for retirement. Verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool. This very night, you're not even going to enter into retirement. You're not, you're not even going to make it to Bahamas. You, you're not even going to make it to the golf course. You're not even going to make it to the lake and start fishing. But God said to him, God poked him on his shoulder and says, hey, you fool. You know what a fool is? A fool is different than an ignorant person. Somebody who's ignorant, they make a bad decision because they don't have the knowledge. We, 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 we literally do not condemn ignorant people. They just made a bad decision because they just did not have the knowledge to make the right decision. You cannot fault them for that. But a fool is, you got the knowledge. You know what to do. Whether your flesh yields to what you know or not, whether your emotions yield to what you know or not, you know what to do. And the Bible calls him a fool because you know what the God's will is. But it's still about, I say to myself, let me please myself over pleasing God and his desire, his purpose, his will. And this is what God says, you fool. This very night, your life will be required of you. This very night, you're planning for the next 30 years of retirement. But I want you to know, you will not make one day of your retirement. This very night, I'm requiring your soul. I put a demand on your life. This very night, you shall die. All the grain, you've, you, you've took your whole life. And stored it up for yourself. You've taken your whole life to do what was pleasing to you. Outside of doing what I've called you to do. You spent your whole life pleasing you. But that which you have prepared for this life. That's what you have prepared for yourself. You're not going to experience it. Be very careful making decisions outside of God's counsel. Be very careful of making decisions at the stake of your emotions. Be very careful if you're a man, if you're a woman and you got children, you got a household and you, you got a, a wife and, and, and family and you not making wise decisions based on God because it'll cost you every time. 
We make decisions based on God's will, not our emotions, not our intellect, what, not what we think we know. He knew a lot, but you know he didn't know what tonight holds. He even knew who hold his tonight, but he didn't know it was that night. This is how it will be. He said, then who will get? Now, you didn't prepare your life. Who's going to get it? Because you probably got in relationships. His wife is not mentioned. That means he probably lived a very selfish life. Amen. Who's going to get your stuff? Oh, you know the hardest things I to preach. Oh, my God, you, you, I wish we could just take, take, take that. But my God, it, it, some of these funerals are, are man, they something. You, you, you know, who going to get it? Everything, Elder Proto, you have left a $10 million plumbing, a, a, a business, a big corporate garment now. You've left 10 million, and, and God bless you, you're hardworking. You come to church sometimes with, 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 with a uniform from work on and, and you smell like sewage sometimes. But you know what I'm saying, in a good sense, because you've been working. That's all right. Amen. Just don't smell like sewage. You ain't been working. But you've been working. It's a good smell because you've been working, man. And, and you spent all your life to build up this $10 million plumbing business. All your life. Your life was consumed. Every part of your being was consumed. We're preparing your life to, to get to this point. You, you checked your bank accounts and, 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 and seen every day how your accounts was increasing. Every time you got another plumbing van, you counted it for your own self of glory. When you got more workers, it just made you more inflated. And, and, and then at one time, you said, there's a transitional plan. I'm going to leave it and I'm going to go and retire. But you didn't know that your retirement was not going to be from the plumbing business. It was going to be from this life. And all of that, you lost your wife. She left you three years ago. And you ain't got nobody. Nobody. No, 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 nobody. Your son's grown. They don't know what to do with it. Come on, church. You ain't got nobody. You got them three dogs. Amen. Who ain't got enough sense to do nothing with it? Amen. And, and because you weren't a good steward with the church, come on, you didn't even leave it in the hands of the church. What type of man are you? This is the perspective. This is God's perspective. God says you a fool. And I, you can't even fix, I, I was trying to, in the spirit, I'm trying to fix up that word so it won't hit you so hard. But, but you can't fix it up. He says, you're just a fool. You know what to do. You know I had a purpose for your life. You knew there was a calling on your life. You knew there was things that I've had for you to do in this life that will impact your experience in the next life. But you chose to continue to keep your eyes Preparing your own life outside of the confines and calling of God Almighty who has life and death in the power of his hand. And he can take your breath in one moment and you will cease to live. It will be quicker than any COVID-19 can ever hit your lungs if he just took his hands off of you. Preparation. Perspective. 
And I'm closing. Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called. <laughs> see, 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 see you don't, I know you don't feel blessed coming to church, but you're going to be blessed when you get that call to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you got the right preparation, if you got the right perspective, you're going to have the right praise. Because we can praise God in the midst of what we're going through because we know what God is doing in, 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 in our life. See, we, we could tradition to praise God for just temporal things. Things are going to be here going tomorrow. I got, a, I, got a, I got a new car. Oh, go, 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 give him the glory. Got, got a new car. Oh, praise the Lord. Call, call the preacher them and tell them that them, them prayer calls on Tuesday morning look like they're working. I had a 520 credit score and got a howl. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, got me a new boo. Don't look like he got no children. Uh, he, that's what he said. Got all his teeth in his mouth. Oh, my God. What the people on Facebook going to say about him? That's praising God for temporal things. <laughs> I was at home this morning. My wife didn't like what I was, how I was looking. She said, let me take you to the hospital. I said, his grace going to have to carry me today. Because his grace has been good to me today. I don't need to see the doctor at the hospital. I need to see the doctor in the church house. I need to see the great physician, Jesus Christ. And he'll make everything that's all right today. He'll honor everything that I do. And he'll give me more years. Because he's a good, great, and awesome God. He's worthy of all the praise. He's working it for your good. I said he's working it for your good. Whatever you're going through today, he's working it for your good. I've tried everything. I've tried Allah. Come on. I've tried him. I, I didn't get to the point of the bean pies, but I at least tried him. I, 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 I wasn't a good Muslim. I had to leave that alone. I couldn't even submit to that. I just I said, let me leave it alone. That ain't going to do it for me. I tried myself. I tried my mind. I thought I was smarter than life. I thought I was smarter than everybody. So I tried my mind as my God. It didn't work for me. But one day when I was about to lose everything, and I was at the first our first house, 5th, 6th Street, you remember Chris Ridge Court. And my wife didn't even know it because I'm a man. I don't cry. But I had to go to my bed, my basement one night and just cry because I, I, I ain't got nothing. I got degrees on the wall. Got good job, but got nothing. I heard God says, if you give me your life, I'll give you a life. If you give me your life, I'll give you a better life. And I made a decision on that day in my basement. I said, I'm a broken man, but God says, that's all right, I like brokenness, and I build you up into the vessel that I've purposed you to be in this life, and I ain't never looked back since, and God has been faithful, God has been good, I, I can't turn around now, as, as, as the disciples told Jesus, 
when they when the, when hundred when when they departed the disciples when he was talking about as we get ready to communion he says you got to eat of my my my, my body and drink of my blood and and the Bible says disciples left him at that moment and then he turns around to Peter and a couple of the disciples and said are you going away too and and it was Peter I believe that said where else can we go to find eternal life and I want you to know. Ain't nobody got it but Jesus. I said, ain't nobody got it but Jesus today. He got enough for you today. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of your hiccups, regardless of your bad decisions, God is just trying to merge you to be in a place of purpose with him. So we can one day together sit at the wedding feast of the Lamb. God bless you today. We're going to do an altar call here real quick. I'm going to say this Facebook, and then we're going to, we'll, we'll do an altar call together. Since it is, amen, a communion Sunday. Thank God for your Facebook, you all who are here today. I want you to hear this word. God told me the Holy Spirit is moving on you. You know what you need to do. This is time now. With so much is going on, God has pulled the scales off and allowing us to see life as it is and and I'm going to tell you, it's a manly and womanly thing to be submitted to an all-righteous God. If you're watching Facebook, we're going to do the communion. We'll cut, cut you off in a moment, then cut you back in. How are they going to do it back there? I want to thank you for coming, uh, uh, being a part, uh, eternal law like God, those that are unsaved who's watching us today. They need a seat. There's a seat that's available at the table. There's a seat that's available today, God. For somebody who's looking right now. Somebody who will look. Oh God. So God. That they may repent of their sins. And receive your love. And allow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in their heart. And he will make a difference in their life. So God we thank you. For them. In the name of Jesus. Listen. Some of you all have heard the clarion call. We've been asking you to sow in this ministry. This ministry has been good to you. We've been getting so many calls and setting up marital counseling through our sermons. We've been just being a blessing as God will give us the grace to do it. And some of you heard the clarion call started last week. You partake of this, this, this vision every week. And you're starting to give and partner with us. I'm praying that you will continue to partner with us. Don't forget about it when a $1,400 check start popping up in a bank account. Remember, there's a church, Beacon of Light, that's been feeding my soul every week. Amen, 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 because that $1,400 is going to run out. But this vision is going to keep on. <laughs> and Jesus Christ is going to keep doing what he's doing. And so we want you to partner with us. God bless you. I don't know how they're going to do it in audio. They'll cut you back in. We'll do the communion. I'm going to do an altar call in here today. If there's anybody today... You know today that God is, 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 is making a loud noise in his mercy today. In his mercy, in his mercy, please, saying, hey, I want you to consider that if you don't have Jesus, if you have never surrendered your life. Now, when I was in that basement at that broken state, I knew him, but I wasn't broken. I hadn't surrendered my life to him. And I'm hearing God saying this is the day that I, I want, I want, 
I love you so much. What you're going through, it's not to your destruction. I'm not going to let you be destroyed. But I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working some things out in you. Don't get mad. Don't, don't depart from me. Hear my voice. And I, I, I want you to partner with Jesus at a greater level than what you have. Because as the rich fool didn't know what was going to happen that night, we don't know what tonight brings. But we know who holds our night. And we know that we have a moment of decision making today. So today, if you want to make a covenant relationship agreement with God. Because he's good. He's been good. He's still good. If you're here today, he's good. I said, if you're here today, everything that you had to go through over the last few months to get here, I'm telling you, God is still able today. So today, if you want to make a decision for Jesus, whatever that is, you may be already saved. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you need to get back in covenant partnership or fellowship with him. You won't, you won't, you will never, you will not be disappointed in that. We got a, we got a visitor here, a pastor. We're going to let him share a testimony this morning. Amen. Can we say amen? Can we say praise the Lord? Amen. I'm Apostle Beasley and I, I'm from North Carolina. And uh, I bought a home here uh, three years ago in Jonesboro. But I was uh, uh, involved with a friend of mine who uh, he, uh, he and his mom, we all good friends. And I, I was over there in Austell about three and a half years ago. And uh, I met this young lady. And uh, she was, had a car in, in her yard. And I was trying to find a car for my daughter. And so I stopped and talked to her, and I believe it's a lady right here, right here. And she gave me this card, and I just put it over my sun visor. And so I have a truck, and I don't drive much, so yesterday I pulled it down, and it fell in my lap. I said, I'm going here tomorrow. It's good to be led by the Lord. When you have a Jesus life, you have a blessed life. Now, just one second. I'm going to sit down. A Jesus life is a life of intimacy with his father. John the Baptist had that. Heard a man say, John never left the wilderness. The wilderness life is a Jesus life where can't nobody celebrate you, can't nobody exhort you, can't nobody praise you. It's just you and God. And I tell you, I'm enjoying this Jesus life. I, I was sitting there, Pastor Bishop, doing the praise thing, the praise and worship they were doing there. And this is what the Lord told me. He said they should have their own praise. They don't need nobody to help them praise me. They can do that themselves. And I turned around and looked. I saw all these young people in here. They're full of energy, full of life, great future, great vision, great potential. God want to use that. And... Uh, 
When I was young, I didn't know all this here. But I've learned, Bishop, that you cannot serve in God's kingdom and trust your physical ability. You know how to sing. You know how to preach. You know how to do all things. That's your ability. But until you find a Jesus life and let God anoint your ability, then you can do something for God. But just ability by itself, it's not going to cut it. Oh, yeah, you make it sing. You make it do whatever. But that's your ability. By ability, David was a sheep herder. But by revelation, he was a giant killer. Paul was a tent maker. But by revelation, he was God's apostle. You got to lose yourself. You got to lose your life. You got to lose your ideas. You got to lose your vision. Because God have need of all of us from the least to the greatest. Today, I encourage you, amen. I don't come here with a pastoral message. That's not me. You have that here. <laughs> but I come where I go with the apostolic message of an apostle of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what I love. My wife says, I said, baby, I'm so sorry because I'm always in my man cave in prayer. I said, I know sometimes it may seem like I'm forgetting about you. I said, but I love you. She said, I understand. I understand. But in as I age in God, Bishop, I see, I just got to, I just got to just really spend more time with God. Amen. And that's my joy today. And I, 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 I promise mother here, it's been three and a half years. I promise her that. Amen. And she invited me. You got to come and meet my pastor. You got to come to my church. I said, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. She said, you got to come. You got to come. So I'm here today. Amen. A little late, but I'm here. Man of God, I was so blessed by your word. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. And I'll listen to you. You say you have degrees and you have all certificates. You have all these other accolades. But my God, you said you got to have a relationship with God love you first time meeting you amen but my, my spirit and your spirit that's in you is connects amen god bless you keep on doing what you're doing man of god amen amen give god some praise keep that amen <laughs> amen 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 good word for the house we just need to, we just need to be be used by god I won't prolong the service too long, but the Bible tells us that Jeremiah said that he gave us pastor according to his heart. Uh, uh, the Lord gave me bishop that it helped me out in a great deal of manner. I get very sensitive when it comes to the man of God and the care for him. I heard my first lady, not her, but I heard him say something that I know I have a praying first lady. And for her to get shadowed, for lack of better term. And said, I need to take you. You might need to go to the hospital. We need to pray. Not for her. But because of what she's seen. I know this is a man of faith. I believe in that. I believe that God gave me to him.
I'm asking each and every one of you, the devil come to steal, kill, and to destroy. So many pastors is losing their life. We have a servant here that care about us and love us. I'm not waiting until Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock to call out his name. I'm asking each and every one of you that would join forces with me now at 6 o'clock p.m. tonight. That you would join forces with me. That we would reach out and touch and pray for our man's servant. That we would place our heads around him. So the next Sunday, he can remain in this pulpit giving me a word to telling me about marriage. That I can stay connected with the Father. God love us. He loved us enough that he gave us this man that would tell us the truth. Bishop, what a word today. I love the word. My prayers and thoughts are not with you just because of what she said is there every day. I'm praying with you and for you. And I would come against the enemy myself. I would go to the pits of hell and I would fight for you through prayer and supplication. And I ask each and every one of you today, if you would join forces with me at 6 p.m. tonight, I would be gratefully appreciative, knowing that the effectual prayer of the righteous will avail much. Amen. Amen. I just had a few announcements, and I know we're long overdue. Thank you, Elder Proko. Just a few announcements, and we're going to leave. Thank God for all you coming today. Thank God for people starting to come back into church. Thank God for your mother, Jerry, being on the, the uh, battlefield like that. And Amen. She, she loved this church, and thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for being here today as well. Um, they've told me that the church cleaning is moving. It was supposed to be next Saturday, but it's moving to the third Saturday. Uh, they'll give you directions on that next week. Women's ministry is meeting next week, 11, 11 here. Um, and uh, looking forward to a great Resurrection Sunday uh, service uh, in April. And uh, again, we thank God for you being here today. Uh, let's go ahead and stand at this particular time that we may acknowledge God and ask God's direction remaining we. Certainly it's been a good service today, and we thank God for being kind to us to let us experience, experience his spirit today. We know what God's spirit is, is always liberation, unity. And so again, we thank God for you as well. Eternal Lord, our God, we thank you, we praise you, we give you honor and glory for truly your word to be praised today, God. Thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you, God, for the healing. We thank you for the deliverance of incarceration. And we thank you, God, for moving us to new, new, in new directions, God. We thank you, God, that your purpose is sure in our life, God. And God, as we yield ourselves... And let your spirit speak through us and live through us, God. It's not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit, God. Continue, God, to, to work in us, God. Continue to show us, to continue to provoke a greater love from ourselves to our fellow man, God. Help us to be mindful that we're vessels, God, to be used by you daily, God, in a very dying and dark world, God. And so, God, we give you your people hear God, and it will be a blessed, 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 blessed week, free of, of, of sickness, free of, of poverty. We thank you now for that. Free 
of just family issues, oh God. We thank you for that right now, God. So God, this is our prayer today. We love you and we exalt you today. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. And every heart said amen, amen, and amen. God bless y'all this morning. Amen. This afternoon, amen.